Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. So a couple of years back, uh, one of, one of the, the, the trickiest and the most challenging things that can happen to a pastor happened to me, and that was uh, I discovered that my next-door neighbour was coming to the church. He's down here. They're both here, <laughs> Roger and Nani. And um, that, it's not, not that I'm the world's best evangelist, by the way, because you guys were already members of the church. Um, so that's fine. It's just that uh, we had moved into the manse, the church's house, and two months later, Rog moved in. And, and when we say neighbours, like literally we, we look over the back fence at each other. We are neighbours' neighbours. And, uh, and so why that was tricky for a pastor is that the first thing that came to mind for me, and we've, we've talked this through, is that... Um, I thought in that moment, like, um, what if I'm having a moment? What if Kristen and I are having a marriage moment? What if, what if, um, what if I'm having a moment with the kids? What, what if they can hear me over the back fence? <laughs> and so whenever I could feel that coming on, we think, okay, quickly, just, let's just shut the back door. <laughs> And Roger was lucky because he, he, yeah, he, they, they come from an Asian background. So he said, it's fine. We'll, we'll just, uh, if you hear us, we'll just argue in Cantonese. It's fine. <laughs> so we're friends, yeah. Block the ears. Um, it's something that we all face, isn't it? Uh, what, what, if, what if someone finds out? And is it just me that, 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 that all of us in our Christian life, most weeks are trying to figure out ways that we can simply shut the back door. How, how can we put on the face? How can we put on the mask? How can we do the things where we hope that, that we won't leak the things that we know are there and that we're not proud of? Anyone else felt in that situation? Yeah. Good news is this morning, by the way, the encouraging thing is this is nothing new. I mean, if... If the holiest, one of the holiest Christians that had ever lived said this, and have a look at what he said. For I don't understand what I do. Because what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate, I do. How encouraging that St. Paul (laughs) felt exactly the same way that he thought no matter how hard I try to shut the back door, there are things within me that spill out and that I'm not proud of and that I don't want to do and it cuts me up inside. So the great promise of the scriptures we'll see this morning too is that uh, there, is, there is growth in that too. Um, that this need not be the pattern for our lives, that this is often a starting point for us. But it's really the, the question of how do we resolve this tension that we, we don't quite live how we would like to, but there is a heart within us that wants to live the right way with God. How do we resolve that tension? I think the first thing that we, you've got to recognise this morning, and this could be wonderfully liberating for many of you, particularly this morning, is we're going to talk about how you are led by the Holy Spirit. And, and weirdly, this is not the type of leading that you think. Uh, it's great when you can come back to a passage. I visited this passage six years ago and it's great when you come back to it and you can look at it and go, I approached that so the wrong way back then. So thank you for being gracious with me back then as your teacher. I think it's the beauty of community in all of this that we can wrestle through and not get it right every time. Um, But I I read passages like this in the leading of the Holy Spirit to mean uh, when when we talk about how we led by the Spirit, we want to know questions like, how will the Holy Spirit tell me whether I should take this job or this job this week? Is that often what comes to mind? 
Um, how can the Holy Spirit tell me whether I should choose to be with this person or this person? And ironically, that is not the way that Paul is talking about the leading of the Spirit here this morning. Uh, the first thing that could bring us a real liberation in thinking about this and the real freedom that's going to help me and Kristen, Roger, Nani live life as neighbours next to each other is this. The reality is that the leading of the Spirit is a fight. The leading of, a, the, of the Spirit is a, a fight. Many of you might think the leading of the Holy Spirit is that, look, you do, you do all that stuff that you're not proud of and then, and then you become a Christian and, and miraculously it transforms you into the sort of person that just naturally wants to sing Kumbaya. <laughs> and, and the leading of the Spirit is this, this wonderful voice that's just gentle son, gentle daughter. It's not that. If we look back at week one, that the Holy Spirit is a person, that truth, and that the Holy Spirit argues with you, then the leading of the Holy Spirit is going to be a fight. Christianity is a fight, in fact. You know, Christianity is a fight. Before you first become a Christian, you're fighting, you're struggling, you're wrestling, as Muhammad Ali would say. You're up for a wrestle, right? You're, you're wrestling with, with God. The... the Verse 8 in Romans chapter 8, before what we had read this morning, said that the Christian mind is, is hostile to God. So there's a fight going on on the outside. And then the fight comes in on the inside. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And then you have a parallel passage in Galatians 5.17 where it says, So I walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And here we are, they are in conflict with each other. It's a wrestle. We feel this, right? You feel this, I feel this. It's a, we're constantly wrestling here And what we come to understand is that there's actually two natures to the Christian. There's that new nature that comes into us, the indwelling of, of this divine resident. And then there's this fleshly nature, this sinful nature. And sin is not good deeds versus bad deeds. Sin is just self-interest gone wild. And so, so this self-interest is constantly fighting against the ways of God. So Christianity is a fight. It's always a fight. The leading of the Spirit's always a fight. It's a fight on the outside when you're fighting with God, and maybe some of you are fighting with God this morning. And that's why you're here. You're wrestling, you're searching, you're seeking. We're glad you're here. But then the fight comes in on the inside now when you start to struggle on the inside. And so now we come to understand that this fight's on the inside because when it was on the outside, we were kicking against our true nature our nature to want to walk in the beautiful rhythms of life that God designed us to have with him. And now we're constantly wrestling with the inner self, the self-interested, sinful self. And that's why Paul says in verse 13, if you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. Now, what that doesn't mean is if you sin once, you're dead. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here. <laughs> What it, what it means is that to live according to the sinful nature is like trying to pull a wagon without wheels. Like, you can do it. But if you do it long enough, um, it's going to wear you down, it's going to tear you down, it's going to break you down. 
And in comes this Holy Spirit that says if we're yearning for God's holiness and righteousness and goodness and richness and joy and peace, all of that, then, then suddenly a new life, a rich life comes into your life. And as a result now, you, you sense the, the joy and the beauty versus the self-interest. And you're at conflict with that. And so here's how, you want to know how you're led by the Spirit? Want to know how you're led by the Spirit? If you're being led by the Spirit, is there a fight? I remember, um, I remember this, we had a conference here and this girl uh, passed out during the conference and the, the Ambos came in uh, to see if she was okay. She was totally, like, totally out to it. We thought she'd dropped dead because she was just not moving. And the, the Ambos came in and they, they checked her out. She was lying on the, on the ground there and they, they came in and, and they came in and pressed one of these pressure points around on a sternum. And the minute they pressed into it, this unconscious girl went poof. <laughs> That's a cool party trick. <laughs> and so each time they bang, it's they, they, pressed, they, they pressed in bang and they would it hurt the ambos. <laughs> um, the, the, the sign of the fight was a sign of life. And some of you this morning, you feel condemned. You maybe have feel how I felt mistaken when I want to close the back door. We, we think as Christians that we need to shut the back door and that we can't display any sense of struggle or wrestle in this. I want to, want to say if there's anything that you get this morning, one of the great freedoms you can have is if there is this fight with this nature, it's a sign of God's presence and his life in your life. So is there fight? That's the first thing. What then does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Because, you know, we struggle with this. And as I said, we get this confused and, and we want to know what, what, what does this mean? What does it mean to say I'm living in the flesh? What, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Is it, do, how, do I quench the Spirit? How, how do I hear the Spirit? All of those sorts of questions pop up. And let's stay within the context here. And Paul's saying about something very specific that, that I'm going to talk about now and, and what I'm about to give you is going to sound really, really simple. Um, but you, you need to think of it. This, this is like, you've got a choice this winter. You can, either have, uh, you can either have the flu vaccination or I can give you a whole bunch of Sudafed. <laughs> and, and this in the Christian life is the flu vaccine because it gets to the heart of the, the matter. Uh, it, it says here back in Galatians, So I say live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. So we've heard that. And then it says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Which is a really weird way to talk about this fight. What does it mean that you're not under law? What it means in simple terms is that, that if you are a Christian then there is a choice tomorrow whether you are going to live under a burdened sense of duty or a clear sense of freedom right. in your Christianity. Yes. Come on. <laughs> so quick recap. Um, the Bible teaches us that we are all naturally given to a, a, a term theologians use called works righteousness. In, in other words, we are all naturally driven, even as Christians, uh, to a mode of operating that says, what do I need to do to be acceptable before God? And we do this because we've done this even before we were a Christian. What did I have to do to be acceptable to mum or to dad or to my boss? Some of us live out of that now. But the word righteousness in the Bible meant not being a goody two-shoes, but to be acceptable. 
so to be righteous before God was to be acceptable. So here's what it's saying. It's, it's, it's totally possible that tomorrow you're going to operate out of a mode of Christianity that says, what must I do in order to be good enough? Or I understand and I believe and the Holy Spirit is arguing with me week one that I am a child of God and I'm loved by God and I'm accepted by God. Therefore, how will I live out of the gratitude for that truth? See the difference? These guys do. (laughs) Feel free to join in. (laughs) Thank you. So so take a look at what happens uh, when you live by the form of by works righteousness. Galatians 5.16, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Look at the list here. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. I look at that inventory, and again, I'll speak to myself, and I'll go, I reckon I've, I've hit a good two, two or three of those this week. <laughs> Says to me, hang on, something's happening on this side of the equation for Sam. And isn't it amazing that a book that's written a couple of thousand years ago could translate to uh, level 43 of the tower building in Australia Square this week? <laughs> This is what I know that many of you see each and every day in your workplaces, in, in, in your working relationships, fits of rage, selfish ambitions. And if we dare to look at ourselves, we go, we see that in ourselves. So we, we see this fruit of works righteousness. But on the other hand, we, see this, we, we also see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We see love and we see joy and we see peace and we see patience. What's going on in all of that? Here's, here's, what, here's what's happening. You've got to realise that um, that your heart is like a petitioned computer. I know it's exactly what you were thinking. <laughs> but I'm half tech savvy. And so my, my, my Mac computer is, is partitioned. The hard drive is partitioned. So I actually have two drives within my Mac computer. And I can actually run Windows and OS X on the computer. Is this making sense? About 30% of the congregation. Great analogy. <laughs> But anyway, the, the deal is my computer, when it boots up, I can choose whether I want to operate with Windows or whether I want to operate with the Apple operating system. There's two separate hard drives. And so I can choose to boot out of Windows or I can choose to boot out of Apple. Uh, what, what we're saying here is when we see these two natures is that when you turn up to live life tomorrow morning, when you wake up, get out of bed, yawn, <laughs> see the sunshine, you have a choice as to which partition you wish to boot your life out of. And one of them, if you boot out of this operating system, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Or the other one, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. So we, we, you operate with an A, you're a partition computer. You have an A drive and a B drive if you've received the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. If you've received the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's come in. You've now got boot camp in your life. You now have a different operating system, but, and here's the thing with free will and all of this, you have a choice as to which one you're going to operate out of. So let me give you a practical example. Uh, what does it mean for a Christian to walk in the Spirit when, I don't know, when you're trying to please someone? Let's say uh, tomorrow some of you uh, go to work and your boss gives you a project to do. It's a big project. It's going to be a massive project. Um, if, if you, if you um, boot out of... The flesh drive, the sinful drive, Windows. <laughs> 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 
When, when, when you do that, you, you, you're going you're gonna to strive, you're going to work very hard, you're going to work very, very hard, but at the end of it, when you boot out of that operating system, could it be that the thing you'll be asking yourself when the job is done will be, am I acceptable? Have I done enough to be acceptable to the boss so that I can get the next project or be promoted? In other words, you, you operate, you operate like, Rocky, like Rocky Balboa said. You know, if I, can, if I could just go 15 rounds with this guy, I know I won't be a bum. You know? If, 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 I, could, if I could just do this, then ultimately I will be somebody. Then pleasing someone. Over here, if you operate out of Mac OS X, <laughs> the spirit drive, the spirit's arguing with you the whole way through the project. Remember week one, arguing um, you're accepted, you're loved. <laughs> Jesus has already done the work for you. You already have an identity in Christ. It doesn't matter what your boss says. When, when, you, when you receive all of that, then you still work hard, but you work hard out of the basis of, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I want to glorify you. You've given me these gifts and these talents. You've made me an influence in the workplace. I'm doing this for you. See how it works? Yes. I, do, I, I do this all the time. The most classic example is preaching. I have, I have my, I have my Windows drive. I have the, I have the, I have the flesh, I have the flesh drive. The flesh drive in me says, Sam, this better be a good sermon this week, or people aren't going to come back. This better be a good sermon, or people won't like it. They won't attend, and they won't give, and the church won't grow. You see how ridiculous that thinking is. And have you ever caught yourself thinking? Like that, when you talk to yourself like that, and you almost get embarrassed about, I can't believe I thought like this. I get embarrassed with that, but I, beautifully, as a side note, as a Christian, the Holy Spirit, whenever that happens, jumps straight in and argues with you and says, Come on, you're a child of God. It's okay, He loves you. And you have a confidence to actually check yourself in that way. But, guys, look, I, I tell you, I, I prayer walk every Sunday morning down at Circular Key. I pray for you, but I can tell you the person I pray for the most is me. What I pray every single Sunday morning is that I want an audience of one. I want this to be for Jesus. I want to boot out of the spirit drive that says, I present this to God. I'm loved. I'm accepted. He's already working ahead of me. It doesn't matter what he thinks of me. It doesn't matter how technically brilliant this is. It's his Holy Spirit that's working amongst us. It's God who has the power in all of this. And so therefore I go, this should be fun. I've got the best job in the world. I love to speak. I love to share. And for all of us, what I'm, can you see the difference? It's the difference between anxiety and joy. Yes. So some of you, let's ground this. Um, some of you think I need to write something down because you're those types. So let me give it to you. Um, um, how do you know that you're led by the Spirit? Know that both are working at the same time. Uh, the analogy is not quite perfect, particularly if you're tech savvy, because uh, on a computer it's either Windows or Mac. The thing you have to understand is both of these operate at exactly the same time. Uh, and it is happening all throughout the day, which is really important because 
I don't know about you, but I have these moments in my Christian walk where if I do something that I know is not of God, if I have one of those moments or a fit of rage and someone hears it and someone overhears all of that, then have you ever found those moments when you do that and you wrestle with that fleshly nature and you have that feeling where you think, because I've been like that, then maybe God isn't quite with me this week. Maybe some of you have walked into church this morning feeling like that. Guilt, shame, Oh, if, only, if only the rest of them knew what I've done this week. And what happens out of that is we think, we think if I've done that this week, then it's probably going to take me about five more church services before God starts speaking to me again. Anyone ever felt like that? If they operate at the, both at the same time, you have to understand he is absolutely with you now. You are a child of God now. You are not a selective child of God when you sin for a little bit and then it comes back. And that's the problem. Some, some churches teach you that you're all spirit, no sin. And some churches teach you that you're all sin and no spirit. But I want to teach you this morning that you are both. Exactly at the same time. Know that you're at the same time. And it means that God hasn't left you in the midst of that shame and that guilt that you may be feeling. And on, on the other hand, it's even worse. Here's the worst way to think about it. It's even worse if you think, hey... I read my Bible, I prayed, and I didn't even raise my voice this week. I did good this week, therefore God must be with me. That's the most dangerous thinking. So know that both operate at exactly the same time. And know that if they do, then there's going to be a fight in your life. Then here's the second thing. Uh, trace then. If you know they're operating at the same time, and you see the fits of rage and the hatred and the discourse and the jealousy, take those things and recognise that they are emotional epicentres. Uh, whenever the Bible uses the word for fleshly desires, which is what Galatians use, uh, it's the word epithumia which means over-desire, like the word epicenter. The epicenter is the point on the earth's surface above where the earthquake originated. So if you are feeling anxiety or fear or envy or jealousy or fits of rage, that is, that is the surface-level expression of something that is happening 10 kilometres down in the depths of your soul. Does that make sense? So what you do is if you are having that moment, don't feel guilty about that moment. See it as an opportunity to go, ah, there's an epicenter. Something's happening there and trace it all the way back down to say, why am I so angry about this? Why am I jealous about this? Why has this riled me up so much? And begin now to work with God in the midst of that. That's what means putting to death sin, the mortification of sin. It means to get in there and to spend time with God and say, Lord, I did it again. Help me understand this. Help show me, Lord, in this moment. Holy Spirit, guide. here it is, guiding of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, guide me into why this is such an issue for me in my life. Can you see if you just came to a moment where you had an epicenter emotion, and you went and just repented for that and went, oh, I did it again, I'm sorry, Lord. Can you see how insufficient that will be to killing it off? You've got to find it and see it as an opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for revealing that to me. Now, help me with this. And then the third thing you do is you then, you then verbalise the motives of the Spirit and all of that. You then say to yourself, okay, in light of that, and there's... It's messy and it's dark and it's horrible. And, I, and you know what? If I'm real about it, I, I hate myself for that. Paul did, by the way, too. Then you come back into the spirit. I'm a child of God. I'm loved. 
I'm here to help. We're going to work through this. We're going to get through this. We're, we're, we're going to sort that out. We're going to kill it. We're going to wrestle with it. <laughs> we're going to have a fight. I like the fact that the Spirit's a fighter. We're, we're going to deal with this. We're going, to, we're going to work this out. Isn't that just the rawness of Christianity 101? It's the fight. So this morning, we all feel it. All I've got to ask you is, is, is there a struggle in your life? And is it the right struggle? Because, you know, there are always two types of, there's all, always two types of, of fighting. There's always two types of struggles. There's always two types of activity. One wears you down and one leads to life. There's a sort of activity where you're running for the bus and you're late and you've forgotten your keys and you're running around the house and you've run up the home, up the home and, and you're puffed out and you're running from this thing to the next thing and then you're late here. Like, that's a type of activity. And then there's, there's the other activity, like going to the gym, where you work and you fight and you struggle and you scream and it hurts and it even breaks you down in the short term, but in the long run you get stronger. As someone on the gym YouTube stuff, stuff that I watched said, you know, there's two types of stress. There's unproductive stress and there's productive stress. Unproductive stress is if you set yourself on fire. You will have a stress result. That's unproductive stress. You will be stressed. But productive stress is to get under the barbell and to lift and to push and to be broken down in that instant, knowing that you will be stronger. So first of all, is there a struggle? But more importantly, is there the right struggle that is happening in your life? God wants to grow you to the sort of person where the character and the deeds of Jesus just naturally flow from who you are. You know what Jesus is promising me? He's promising me the sort of life as a pastor where I can live with the back door wide open and never have to worry about it. That's the life that he promises to you. And one of the keys to that, I'll I'll lead with this. Uh, We had Bishop Sandy Miller come around to the Northside Baptist Church around the corner for an event a couple of years back. And, And those that know me, this has been one of the most significant moments in my spiritual walk. Um, he was the guy who started Alpha, by the way. We just had, had the course advertised there. He started Alpha, this old guy. He was such a humble guy because I, I sat next to him and we're, we're chatting away and I thought he was one of the members of the congregation. And, and they said, would you please uh, welcome the guest, Bishop Sandy Miller? And I'm thinking, that's, that's the old guy I was just chatting to. That's, um... And so he got up and did his thing. And then, and then we had this uh, prayer circle at, at the end for the, the pastors. And just in this gentle, grandfatherly way... Uh, he was praying over each of the pastors in the circle and he put his uh, hands uh, on my shoulders and he just said, Samuel, Samuel. He says, uh, you love to tell people about Jesus, right? I said, yeah. And, um, and he paused for a moment. And then uh, he said, Jesus wants to tell you this. He said, Jesus says, I've called you to this because I love you, not because I want to work you. And I felt that, that's too good to be just for me. This life, the Christian life, this life, church life, Jesus calls us to this fight not because he wants to work us, but because he loves us. Come to dwell on on that. Begin to use that as the zero and the weed killer for the things that are beneath the epicenter of your emotions. And we'll begin to go. Let's pray. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.